listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. Straight out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. Pay that man his money. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Live from the Vegas Strip, the pregame show America has always wanted. And now, here's R.J. Bell. That's right, I'm R.J. live from Las Vegas. Live on a special Friday edition. Live on 225 Fox Sports Radio stations across this great great nation in studio the foil we'll call him you know what a foil is steve i do not see that's even better <laughs> the kind of foils i want to go against don't know the word foil steve fezzik now what does it mean it means that we're going to do something different here now a lot of you the skeptics out there might say well rj you must be short of money if you want to bet fez more no no it's not that i just like money We're going to go through all six games in this hour, and I'm letting Fez decide who he likes. Now, he won't be betting every game because, remember, to bet a game, the line has to be wrong. The line isn't always wrong, but you can always have an opinion. So he's going to be forced to have an opinion on every game. And if I disagree, you're going to hear this sound. And that means we're betting on it. So poor Steve, because you are the two-time Super Contest champion, right? Back to back. Exactly. So you, all that ego, all that bragging, now that means you have to pick first, and I get to either say, hey, I agree, or I bet you, and we're going to do that six times. By the way, you're going to give one best bet in there? Yes. And I'm going to give one best bet. Jonas, this should be a good one in Los Angeles. Absolutely. And RJ, on a day in which we are now just one day away, less than 24 hours away from the first ever Super Wild Card Weekend, where should we begin here on this Friday? I think we just do the schedule. I always make fun of the rundown shows. You know, it's like Tuesday night and it's like, uh, next up, Wichita State versus, you know, no, no, no. But when the weekend is dominated by these six games, and by the way, on Monday, we're going to have a nice chance to preview the national championship game. Between now and then, six games, I think we go the rundown. Yeah, and we start in Buffalo where the Bills, the two-seed in the AFC playoffs, play host to the Indianapolis Colts. That kicks off Saturday's action in the NFL. And right now, Buffalo, a six-point favorite on pregame.com. And I lean to Buffalo, the square side, many would say. It's all about Indianapolis. I think it's a little overrated. Indy strength of schedule. They had the easiest... By, By the way... The fact that I didn't bet against you means it's not square. Hmm. All right. I can't have a square side. Yes. You're not Catholic, are you? I am not. Okay. So in the Catholic religion, the Pope can't be wrong. 
because if the Pope says something, it means he's just made like a new rule or something. You know, it's a debatable thing. It's kind of, you know, I mean, can it really be square if I'm on the side? Think about that. Go ahead. <laughs> so, Indy's had a cupcake schedule, easiest in the NFL. They went two and four against the winning teams they played, nine and one. They beat up on the other teams. So, because of that, a little bit overrated for Indy. And obviously, Buffalo playing awesome, nine and one last 10 games could make the case they really should have been 10 and 0. I'm leaning to the Bills. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, your main point would be, and that's what we want to do. We don't want to full handicap on all the games. What would you say the main reason you like the Bills is? That the Bills are a much better team the second half of the year than they were in the first half. So, this is a team training upward. Yes. Now, on our podcast, which we did two separate ones, deep dives, you spent about 20 minutes talking about the rest factor. Now, you've named three or four things and didn't even mention it. Well, I talked about the Dome team. No, 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 no. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you talked at length about the Bills not having to play the whole game, and their second stringers were playing the second half. Thus, the Bills were more rested. Right, energy. No, I know, right? I'm telling you. I'm asking how it was the the focus before, and now you don't even mention it. Well, I did more research, and I want to introduce new stuff. So, you mean come Wednesday, (laughs) when you did this, you didn't even know like one of the top four points about the game? Yes. You're admitting to that? Yes. So, should we not have you on till Friday from now on? <laughs> no, have me on every day. I'll have new... Well, I, I see why you want to be on national radio. <laughs> jo- I'm going to let Jonas decide that. We'll see We'll see his decision by <laughs> you know next week if you're on the show on Monday. But I don't think that's much of an answer. Come Wednesday, I wasn't prepared enough to know. I like that you're still digging. But I kind of thought, let's be honest, I was ridiculing that perspective about the rest is that is it just if i don't like it you just don't use it how's that is that it or what is it well i think that's not independent so certainly i don't think you <laughs> liked that take and and i'll be honest with you i don't know what the Colts side here is the only way you could look at the Colts to me and let's be clear about something when this line has hit seven, and it has at various points yes. during the week, it's been gobbled up. The Colts plus seven has been gobbled up. It's a great point. Yum, yes. yum, yum. Pac-Man. So, don't be confused. If the line's seven, I'd probably start leaning Colts, but nah, I, I think I'm neutral at seven. It's not going to get back to seven, I don't think. I'd be surprised. The public, though, is heavy on the bills. 76% of the cash, 82% of the tickets. Think about that. Eight out of ten, eight out of ten tickets on the Bills. The Sharps though like the Colts. They especially like them at seven. Less than seven, I think it's a debate. I like the Bills less than seven. Jonas, is that normal? Because I didn't even know that that it had gone up to seven a couple of times already, and then had come back down to six. Is that normal for a game, especially on a short week, that it's going to go up that much and multiple times it's going to get eaten up, as you pointed out, and then come back down to six? Well, the, if you listen to the sportsbook directors, they'll tell you they know where the, what it's called is a resistance point, where at this point there is appetite for the bet, right? So seven, there's appetite for the Colts. Right. They will actually say, you know, we need some Colts. Let's move it to seven, and they'll take like two bets maybe, and then bring it right back. Oh, so it might wow. only be seven for ninety seconds, right? And they don't talk about this, but they'll actually call someone. 
that they 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 want to do a favor to mm. and say, hey, we're going to move this to seven at noon, wow. and they'll you know have a runner down there and bat it right away and pull it back, and that way they get the action they want, but and they've done a favor to somebody. At no consequence, really, except if you're the public that's out there going, "Well, I'm waiting for seven. You know, so wow. we can debate if that's right or wrong. But yeah, <laughs> I would say that resistance point is very common because typically when the public's on a side, they're not very price conscious. The public's not saying at six, I like it, at seven, I'm neutral. They're just betting teams, right? Pros bet numbers. The squares bet teams. So really, they'll run. If, if there's not resistance, the line will run and run. And sometimes you see that in college. It'll open at 21, it'll close at 29 because yes. the sharps just don't want it and it just keeps running up. It's once that resistance is grabbed, it's not only because of the money that's being bet on the dog, it's the pro saying, hey, sportsbook guys, at this line, the favorite has no value. Because we'll bet the other side, and that's where the sports books get comfortable. They'll say, okay, seven's your resistance. We'll sit at six and six and a half and be happy because they can't be too wrong at six if the resistance is at seven. That's what people don't realize. The sharps really do tell the sports books a lot, not through their words, but through their bets. You agree with all that, Fez? Yeah, and just to use an example, the second any sports book pops a seven on this game, I would imagine within an hour they'll probably write a hundred thousand in action plus seven or more. If they wanted that much action, yes. And as I said earlier, oftentimes they'll put it out there just long enough to balance, not even balance their books. It might be eighty twenty, and they're like, ah, that's a little too much risk. Let's take another ten percent. Let's get it to seventy thirty. Then right when they do, they bring it back because, in a weird way. You would think if they think the right side, the correct side, let's say, is the Colts at six and a half. Let's say that's what they think. You think they'd want all the action they could on the wrong bets. But just like a better doesn't want to, Fez, you might, whatever your best bet is today, you're not going to put your whole bankroll on it. Right. So it's, it's, is it the right bet first? And then is it an amount of money that works with the money management? And that's a concept that's not for radio, but money management. If you're betting too much per bet, it doesn't matter how much you win, you're going to go broke. It's inevitable that you go broke. Let's give an example. Fez, let's say we're flipping coins, and I'm going to pay you a buck and five cents every time you win, and you pay me a dollar. So it's a 50 50 prop, you get plus 105. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem like you could do better than that, right? Yeah. But if I, for, let's say I'm Bill Gates and you're, you got a million dollars, and I say, but you got to bet a million. On every flip, and oh, by the way, if you win, you got to bet that and bet that and bet that. And you've got to do it mm, 15 bets. What's the chance of you not being broke at the end? Very unlikely. Like one in 32,000, sure. right? Because you'd have to win 15 straight. If you lose one, you're done. Now, that's an extreme case, but if you're betting, let's say, a third of your bankroll or a fifth of it, you're going to lose five units sometimes, and then you're broke. So, it doesn't matter how much you're winning, unless you're winning 100%, which obviously is impossible. So, money management is a key part of it. And for you out there, I'll give you a little tip. You could look at the Kelly Criterion, is what it's called, K-E-L-L-Y. And that's going to be a way you could do it mathematically. You probably won't want to do it. It's like a book worth of stuff. But here's the tip. Bet less. Almost everybody bets more than they should. And 
I haven't seen too many winners say, you know, I won 120K last year. I should have been betting a lot more. The guys smart enough to win are the ones that know that, yeah, most years you're going to win more if you bet more, if you're a winner. But the year you do badly, you're going to be living in an extended stay up off West Trop unless you bet less. So it's almost like that's an interesting point. Six out of seven years that you bet too much as a winning better, you, you win more. The seventh year you bet too much, you go broke. Not a good deal. No, it's not. And if you can hit 55%, which is a really daunting task, Kelly would say you're supposed to bet 5% to bankroll. Which most people do have, Kelly, that are smart. So that's 2.5%. Exactly right. And it turns out the math is crazy. If you bet 10% of bankroll, even hitting 55%, you're a favorite to go bankrupt doing that. So that's an interesting point to wrap the topic. And we don't talk about this stuff too much, but we got a lot of you know novice batters or people don't even bet. But this applies to things like how much risk are you taking on your stocks? I mean, the most advanced kind of thinking on any of this stuff is on Wall Street. As much as we, you know, you can demonize it, all the occupy this and that. And there's a lot of really egregious stuff that goes on. But at the highest theoretical level, the smartest minds in the country when it comes to this kind of stuff are on Wall Street. But I figured I could have been good on Wall Street or great in Vegas. So I'm going to take the Vegas. I'm okay with that. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We will continue to take a look at Super Wildcard Weekend in the NFL. And you know what? Next, Fez just told me the next game on the schedule is his best bet. Great day to join. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. I'm loving the energy on this show, and it's just one of five a week. We're trying to make this and finish the best football season yet. You can listen to our podcast. It's great this weekend to catch up. Just search for RJ Bell or Straight Out of Vegas. It's also on the iHeartRadio app. A lot of ways to get these shows from earlier this week. The whole week's really been previewing these weekend games. So catch up through the podcast here in Vegas on the Strip, 61 degrees. In January, the neon is flowing. So, RJ, the middle game of the Saturday action in wildcard weekend in the NFL is the Rams at the Seahawks, where right now Seattle is a three-point favorite on pregame.com. So, here's the question. Fez has got to pick every game, we said. Is he going to pick the Rams or the Seahawks? I'm going to lean to Seattle here. Wait a minute. You told me before that you liked the over-under. On the total, this is my best bet. I love Yeah. Well, I'm confused. So, you're giving me a lean... What? Huh? Best the, bet, what, what? under 42. What, what are you doing? Do you like the total or do you like the size? I like the total. Total's the best bet under the 42. Were you scared... Hold on a second. Were you scared to just say you like the total? So, you like go, I, I, kinda, I like Seattle a little bit on the side. I mean, why wouldn't you come strong with the total? I'm coming strong with the total. You look at the series history between these two teams, two unders, 39 points, 29 points, year to date. So, wait, series history is two games? This year. This year. Okay, continue. But there's every reason, I think, to expect, if 
if anything, an even lower scoring game in this game. So you're not talking any series history, really. This year's series history. That's not called a series history. It's the games this year. The games this year. Fair enough. How, how did they do the, the week the year before? Split out one high scoring, one. Oh, high so scoring. you just leave that out because it doesn't fit the narrative. Go yes. ahead. All right. So obviously, Goff thumb surgery. That's not good for the Rams' offense. Goff probably going to play. He won't be 100% if he does play. That's good for the under. And if if John Wolford plays, that's even better for the under. Why do you think so? Well, I, Goff is a significantly better quarterback than a backup quarterback. And I think we saw McVay and company just letting Wolford run the ball some. And the offense didn't score any touchdowns with Wolford. That conservative play calling got them the win against Arizona. Low-scoring game. I think it's more than that. First of all, I'm not so sure that we can say that Goff injured is better than Wolford. I'm not sure about that. But what I know is, to whatever degree that Wolford may be a lesser quarterback, again, against an injured Goff, I think that it's more that with the backup, the Rams would be extra conservative. And that would lead Seattle to be conservative because teams feed off of each other when it comes to those kind of things, typically. So I do like the under even more if it were Wolford, but not because I think he's such a shortfall. And I think that's an important debate to have because if it looks like Goff's going to play, if he does, if everyone on Sunday takes a sigh of relief and start playing the rant, I think it's a mistake because, as you said, he the odds of him being a hundred percent. And listen, we've all hurt our hand, our finger. It hurts when you brush your teeth sometimes, weeks later. So, in general, these are pros, and I get that. But I think a hand injury, I mean, Stafford hardly, you know, he missed eight games last year, but he hardly missed games. The Lions quarterback, his hand was hurt this year. It affected his throwing massively. It's not necessarily the same injury. I do think it's a complex issue. Though. Yeah, think about that. 20 to 0 loss where Detroit got no points against Carolina when Stafford came back from that injury. Yes. So you did. So your best bet of the whole card is under. That's right. And Seattle, last six games, they've only been averaging 37.5 points. This is a team Seattle. So they've been averaging 37.5 or the games? The games that they played. So this is a team Seattle that was playing very many high scoring games early in the year. They've completely changed their stripes, if you will, to playing much lower scoring games. So make it official with a number. Official play. We're going under 42, Rams, Seattle. So what line do you see in the Seattle Rams, the side itself? Three. Really? Because that's interesting because you got Seattle. I'm seeing three minus 15. You're just ignoring that because you like Seattle? It's like 3.1. There's threes and there's three minus 15s. Do you ever think of sliding in a time that you don't try to like cheat to get the best of it just to throw people <laughs> off? <laughs> like, like when it's a low, it's a low leverage situation. Why not say, you know, it's two and a half, you know, like do it. It's all, you just instinctually can't do it. Like a dog barks when someone knocks at the door, that kind of thing. Well, there's not one three and a half on the entire screen. So yeah, I you, rounded you could, to three. But what I'm saying is you could have said three, but there's some extra vid. I could have. But then you wouldn't be Steve Fezzik. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm RJ Bo, straight out of Vegas. So we both agree on the Bills. You like the under here. I like the Rams, but only at three and a half. So we don't have a bet on this because I do think you're right. It's more towards three. At three, I probably have the smallest lean still to the Rams. I'm a McVeigh guy, and Colin and I did our podcast. To this morning, it gets released tomorrow. I'll have it on my Twitter feed, at RJ in Vegas. I think it was our best of the year. It was a lot of conversations, and we talked about stuff. 
at more length, more detail. One of the things that I thought was most interesting, if you look at expected points added, which is a great metric, first nine games of the season, Russell Wilson was the number one quarterback in the NFL. From then on, week 10 on, number 19. It's almost half a season. Something is wrong. I don't know what it is. Something's wrong with Seattle and Russell Wilson. The nightcap on Saturday, RJ, is the Bucks at Washington. We're right now on pregame.com. Tampa Bay is an eight-point favorite. Jonas, I want to ask you a question. Fezzik was in a, a, a tissy, maybe, during the break. He goes like this. He goes, ah, RJ, ah, I don't know what to do about this. I uh, I know I had Tampa earlier this week, but I I like I know you like Washington. I like Washington now. What should I do? <laughs> so, so so what do you think he should do? Uh, I always think what's best for the show, and if making so him, what is best for the show? <laughs> if if making him stay with Tampa Bay, regardless of his mind changing later in the week, is best for the show, then we got to do what's best for the show. I'm going to do a variation on what you said. I'm going to force you to bet me you take Tampa, <laughs> but I'm going to let you handicap it any way you want. Oh. That way you're paying the penalty for your bad early pick, but the audience doesn't have to suffer for your mistakes. Very good. So initially, I was looking at, at Tom Brady and how well he's played the last four games. 12 touchdowns, one interception. You mean his, his lifetime career history? Oh, just four games. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> and obviously, his chemistry with AB has been better. And I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Tampa Bay offense. And then, and I got to give you credit for this, Alex Smith. Washington's a totally different team when Alex Smith starts. So, what's obvious, 5-1 and one under Alex Smith. I and dug- remember, the first game he lost, and then he's won five straight. Yes, in a very close game against Detroit. And then I dug into the numbers. Washington is outscoring their opponents of those games by nine points per game. Tampa for the year outscored their opponents by eight and a half. That could make a case for these being teams in the same category. Certainly don't want to be laying eight if the teams are in the same category and Tampa's the road team. I I hear that. I think the Alex Smith split versus non-Alex Smith is key. Now, here's the thing. you got to be very careful splitting NFL seasons up. There's only 16 games. And before the end of the year, you don't even have the full 16 yet. So if you're saying home and away, right away, you're only going to have eight games. You say things like from this point on, now you've split it even more. Baseball, NBA, for example, you know, baseball, you can do that. 82 games, 162, you can do it. With 16, you can't. But or maybe what we should say is you can't do it willy-nilly. you got to be careful. And no matter if you're careful or not, assume there's a 50% chance the split's right and a 50% chance the season number's right. Don't assume the split's just right. Because you just said it. If you just look at the Alex Smith, maybe this line should be pick him, which sounds absurd. Mm-hmm. And it is absurd. But I think there's some truth there, that they are a different team with Alex Smith. Now the question again, though, what you emphasized the first time you did this handicap on the other side was, I'm not sure Alex Smith is really even going to be 100%. But now you don't even mention it? I should have mentioned it. And that, of course, is the big question to the point of, we may say Taylor Heineke out there. If my whole handicap is Alex Smith. Well, what kind of downgrade do you see with Heineke? Two and a half points. If Smith were healthy? Yes. Okay. Last thing. We've heard a lot of talk about Tom Brady at night. Well, we went game by game. McKenzie, pregame.com research, did the work. Last seven times, 
Brady has played at night. Now, this is after his bedtime. <laughs> One and six straight up, zero and seven, 0 and seven against the spread. Now, there's something called ATS margin, which is how much do you win or lose against the spread? Another way to think of it is Vegas is off by this many points in the games. The ATS margin is minus 14 points. So literally, Vegas has overestimated Tom Brady's teams, because this goes back to November of last year. So some Pats games and now the Bucks games. They've overestimated his teams at night by over two touchdowns. It's back, Jonas, to that split idea is you could say, hey, there's only seven games, it doesn't matter. Or you could say, geez, it's 14 points. I think it's somewhere in between. But let me ask you from the fans' perspective, when you hear a 14-point ATS margin, 0-7, how much do you account for that in your game handicap? I mean, I I count big time for it because that's enough games that we've seen. There's clearly something wrong. And I also wonder about the weather impact. He's been vocal about the idea of, I'm never going to go back to cold weather again. I'm never going to live in that environment again. It's supposed to be in the the, uh, high 30s, low 40s in Washington. I don't think he's come close to playing in those temperatures all season long that I can remember. So I do Mm -hmm. wonder if, especially early in the game, it, could there be some some issues for Tom Brady getting that offense going, and maybe you start to look at a first half bet or something like that? It's a great point. It's a great. In fact, Mackenzie, why don't you look and see what the uh, worst game weather wise Brady's played this year? I'm on it. Um, last thing, and this is a little advanced, but I don't think so. If you just think a minute. I think that the ability of Washington to get pressure, and we know Brady struggles with that. Everybody, every quarterback is worse under pressure, but Brady's even more so than most as he's gotten older. If Tampa's winning by 10 or so entering the fourth quarter, modern NFL game or best practices say that they should keep throwing, keep throwing, extend the lead. I wonder if Bruce Arians is going to want to expose Brady to hits. When you throw more, you get hit more. And if he were smart, I think he'd lower the chance of Tampa winning by maybe 5% by getting conservative. They're still going to probably win 92% of the time. But except there's a little risk of a comeback and then protect Brady... If they do get conservative with a lead, it opens the back door. And I don't look at Washington as a team that's going to backdoor often, but I think if Tampa gets conservative to protect Brady from that rush with a lead, they get conservative, it could open the back door. What do you think? Yeah, I like that quite a bit. And the bottom line is we see this all the time. Teams don't let up at all in the playoffs when they're a big favorite, but they don't let up on offense. If a team is up 10 on defense with three minutes to play, that prevent defense is going to roll out there, and they'll be perfectly happy to go ahead and let Washington get a score and run out the cl- running out the clock. Yeah, so that I think your factor is the case in all games, right? Meaning that if a team wants to score a late touchdown in the playoffs, but actually the act of scoring that touchdown decreases their chance of winning the game because they take so much time, think back to the Philadelphia Super Bowl against New England with McNabb. They had that long six or seven minute drive that actually hurt their chances to win that game, but it tightened the game. Mm -hmm. I think that's always the case. I think with Tampa on offense, it's different because of Brady's being 43 and Washington's pass rush being so tough, maybe they get conservative. 
Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. On Sunday, the early game between the Ravens and the Titans in the AFC. And right now on pregame.com, Baltimore is a three-point favorite. Yeah, great show so far. We got three more games left. Here's how it's going. Fez is forced to make a pick on all the games. He'll tell you if he leans, likes, or it's his best bet's already been under Rams, under the total. He's going to have three sides here in these last three games, and I get a chance to disagree. Let's start, as Jonas said, Ravens-Titans. Yeah, and I like Baltimore even even minus agreement baby so we got a bet i'm taking the titans it's three and a half go ahead yeah and even at minus three and a half i like it it's about the tennessee titans for well, the line's three and a half yeah the fatigue on the defense five of the last seven games were on the road for the titans and we really saw that defense crumbling at green bay and last week at houston well when you say crumbling you're saying this very bad defense the entire year was bad and it's gotten even worse the last mm, two weeks by a smidge go ahead that's my handicap, and I think I think your handicap is the, the defense that everyone knows is bad is bad. And now they had to play two straight road games going into the, these playoffs. The two straight. Ro- so oh, we're back to fatigue. Fatigue matters yes. now because you're on this side. Okay, let me ask you this question: Lamar Jackson in close game or in competitive games? Lamar Jackson in the playoffs? How do you account for that? Meaning, how much of a factor do you think it is? Small sample size says it's a huge deal. The case could be made that Baltimore is the best big favorite in the history of the NFL. Literally, I'm not sure any team, when they're just a big favorite in a game, punishes the opposition and covers the spread so much. Would you agree, in general, Fez, that Baltimore is one of the best, at minimum, big favorites you've ever seen? Yes, a tremendous bully this Baltimore team is. I, I mean, to be candid, the Harbaugh's... Listen, I'm not attacking them as people. Well, maybe I am. I'm not sure. But the Harbaugh's are bullies. He smells! And I do find it enjoyable that... that the brother had to sign for half as much money. Then it makes me sick that it's still $4 million a year. <laughs> I mean, I wonder if he's going to give back any of the, uh, the contract up to this point. <laughs> but, you know, probably not, I'm guessing. Probably not. He smells. But when they're not beating up on people. So, since Lamar Jackson's become quarterback, when the spread has been Baltimore not favored by more than a field goal. So, they're not some bigger favor. They're 6-5. and five. So, they're like an average team against good teams. I mean, Tennessee, well, let me see this line. Well, I guess it's three and a half, <laughs> but I think you kind of get the point. You see, and most teams don't have that disparity, meaning sometimes, like, think of the Steelers. Think of Kansas City. Kansas City doesn't always crush a bad team. No, the fact they seem to never do it, I think that's a problem, too. But in general, you crush bad teams sometimes. You win moderately sometimes. You have close games sometimes. Maybe even you lose sometimes. The fact the Ravens crush like they do, it skews all their numbers. And in competitive games, and you said it on the podcast, you said, maybe I should have two power ratings for Baltimore. Well, what, when would you have the two? One for games that they're a significant favorite in, mm-hmm. and one for games that the, the game's lined at a much lower number. And which of the power ratings would be higher? Much higher when they're a big favorite. Are they a big favorite here? No. But you still like them? Yes. Do you want to change your mind now? No. All right, Jonas. <laughs> All right, we move on to the NFC where we go to New Orleans and the Saints, who are a 10-point favorite hosting the Bears on pregame.com. I'm going to lean to the Bears, and it's 
all about. Now, I wasn't sure I was going to do that, but he seems so shaken by what just happened. I figure it's time to just pile on. So I'm taking, I lean Saints, but it's a bet. Go ahead. And so I lean Bears. It's all about line value. Just last week, the Bears played Green Bay. Now they're playing New Orleans. Well, Green Bay and New Orleans are pretty comparable teams. I think that's fair. Last week, the line was four in many places. Uh, I'm confused. Where was the game at? Game was at Chicago. Okay, so this game's not in Chicago, right? This game's now on the road and the line's 10. Now we've spoken. So we're just going to ignore that one's home, one's away? Home field has only been worth about one point. At Lambeau? This, this year. Yeah, so call it. Call it a, a three-point adjustment. Right, I'll we need accept to make. that. I'll accept that. Go ahead. And we're making a six-point adjustment here. Mm-hmm. Too much value on the Bears plus ten. All right, your point's kind of well taken there. So let's think about what he said. He's saying we can compare Green Bay and New Orleans, but we got to make two changes. One, they're different teams, but really, how different? Meaning, uh, level play-wise. You would probably say Green Bay is a little better, right? In the power ratings, where do you have Green Bay? Green Bay three, versus New compare- Orleans four. So you, you got New Orleans a little oh, oh, th- rank three and four? Yeah. Okay. So right there. Yes. So let's kind of call that a wash. The only other change is a swap of home field because Chicago was at home last week. Okay. You're saying three points. I think that's a generous, mean, fair. So that means the line goes to seven last week's line. If you had three, this line's 10. Ooh, all value. Good point. Here And if this game was 7.5, I'd love the Saints. Here's why I think you're missing something, maybe. Trubisky had had this amazing run against weak competition. The biggest question entering last week, Chicago-Green Bay game, was, is this just because of the competition? Or is this because Trubisky's flipped a switch or something different? For him to put up less than 20 points in the team, too, it feels like it's debunked that entire run. I know it's just one game, but when you've only had one game against even a decent defense, it is debunking, wouldn't you say? Especially having to play New Orleans, which arguably you know is, is so much better defense than Green Bay. So, well, certainly, there's not even an argument. So, I, I think this is one of those examples, the line's generally right. I think that it should be 10.2, let's say, instead of 9.8. But we're generally agreeing on this game, but it shows you about line moves. Because this game actually opened up, what, seven and a half? Yes. Eight? At eight, I love it, right? And you might say, RJ, eight versus 10, what's the difference? It's the difference between winning and losing. Barney at the bar, he's fine laying 10. Now, now. But, (laughs) but. The people who bet for a living aren't and able or willing to lay the 10. And I know that doesn't feel right. I know the instincts is to say, how often is it going to fall not? It is the difference. And we go to the final game of Super Wild Card Weekend, RJ. It is your Pittsburgh Steelers playing host to the Cleveland Browns. Pittsburgh, a six-point favorite on pregame.com. So this is my best bet. I like Pittsburgh. Faz, I know you like Pittsburgh, too, so I'll let you do the first half the handicap. I'll finish. You know, under the radar part of this handicap, Cleveland just lost a defensive lineman, Vernon. And I've been doing some research on this guy. He has been playing out of his mind. He's the number 2 sacker for Cleveland. But the last eight games, Vernon has eight sacks, so he's getting a sack a game. And this is a Browns defense that's been struggling, so he's been a bright spot on a struggling day. Yeah, he's been the best player, better than Miles Garrett the last eight Eight games, and I don't think it's being priced enough. This one, there's other reasons to like Pittsburgh, but this, no one's talking about. I think it's key. 
okay, there's two handicaps in this game. One, the matchup. Two is the absence of the coach. I think the matchup favors Pittsburgh. The line was four. If this game were four and the COVID hadn't happened, this would not be my best bet. I would probably still have a pick on it, a small bet on it. I think the real value is this adjustment or the adjustment that hasn't been made sufficiently. Minus four is now minus six. I think if you add in, and Jonas gets credit for being the first I heard to really drill in on this, others have talked about it after, but again, I could have missed people, but it was a great point, which was, he's the play caller. The Browns head coach, Stefanski, is the play caller. And... Wow, when does an NFL team not have their play caller? This isn't like a typical, hey, this guy gets two weeks off a year. It doesn't happen like that. Who knows what kind of change they're going to make? And I know they're going to work on it, but in the heat of the moment, especially with a fragile Baker Mayfield, whatever you think of him, he's fragile for an NFL player mentally, it seems. He gets flustered. He gets discombobulated. This is the perfect storm. Going into Pittsburgh, they've lost 17 straight games there. Steelers' defense, and he usually struggles against pressure, and now you take away his Sherpa, his play caller. I think this could be ugly, best bet, Steelers. Jonas, real quick, what's your favorite pick of the weekend? Oh, I like Pittsburgh. I like Pittsburgh. All right, baby. Yeah. Let's do Uh, it. 